everyone, it's your host Katie, and this is Tea on the Rocks. Happy Tuesday, or whatever day it is when you find yourself with my voice in your ears. Here at Tea on the Rocks, we discuss everything from navigating career changes to dealing with friendship breakups with a healthy dose of the fun, the feminine, and the basic. Oh my goodness, it has been a minute, y'all. I, of course, as you all know, if you follow my Instagram, which is at T-O-T-R Atlantic, uh, so go follow me if you don't, but if you do follow me, you know that I skipped last week. I was literally so swamped. You guys, this has not been me like easing into a new job. I was working like 10, 12 hour days, like just hunched over my computer, no sunlight, no fun, barely any time with John. It was honestly kind of brutal. Side note, John works nights. So admittedly, if he is off the night before and up during the day, I will work in bed. I now have a laptop desk slash tray thing that I like to use for those purposes. It's as ergonomic as working from bed can be. So there is that. I'm not really hunched over much anymore. I also did get a new desk from Ikea. We'll see how it goes. My greatest fear is honestly wobbly desks. It's so irritating. I had another one before I got my last one that was like, you were like on a ship. Like it was, you were rocking back and forth. It was terrible. I had to return it. The one that I had before my Ikea desk was honestly like as sturdy and as solid as hand carved mahogany. Surprisingly so, because it was from Walmart. But... It was super small and cramped. I'm not a very tall person. Like I'm really not, I'm maybe 5'5". Five, five. But when I was under this other desk, my knees would hit the top of it and it was just so uncomfortable. Like it was frustrating. My undiagnosed ADHD was like through the roof. I, And that's honestly why I started working for my bed a little more with the, the tray because at least I wouldn't have to deal with that. The IKEA desk is a little bit wobbly, imperceptibly so, like it's not out of control. My iMac screen slash computer does move a tiny, tiny little bit when I write. Oftentimes I don't really notice it. I wrote this whole script today without really paying much attention to it. So I feel like it's gonna be okay. Shout out to John, he built this desk. He also built a new lamp that I got and some drawer thing that I got from Ikea because the desk of course doesn't have drawer space. The other one did, I put a lot of garbage in there. So thank you, John, for being such a great handyman. I, I like that it's white, it's huge. It's tons of leg room. It looks very luxurious. And honestly, I spent less money on it than I did my old desk. So anyway, back to my insane workload. I did get a huge project done. That was sort of the monster on my back for a while. Not because I didn't enjoy it, but because my imposter syndrome was really just that bad. I was dreading it. Like it, it seemed impossible to finish. But once I did finish it, I felt so capable and proud of myself. I was like, hey, like I can actually do this. It was basically a large 
sitemap copy document that ended up being like 130 pages. And basically what that is, is before a website goes live, you have to write the copy for it, which is just the text, all of the text that you see on the website. And that can be hard for a client to visualize. So what I did was he had an existing website. So I took the content off of that website, parsed it down and created new copy that would correspond with the design template that he chose. So when I say it was 130 pages, it was really very graphic and table heavy. So for example, I would take a screenshot of like the first part of the web page template write the copy underneath, put it all on a table. It took hours and hours. Like it was just a lot, but ultimately I felt very proud of the outcome. Plans for the weekend. My birthday is coming up. It's December 5th. I'm turning 31, so nothing super special, but still. I am treating myself to a spa day. I'm getting a facial and a manicure and my eyebrows waxed at Avalon. I'm so excited. I never really treat myself to these sort of like big things like that. And I really love that I'm doing that for myself this year. I I take pretty good care of my skin, but it's not even about that. It's it's just the whole facial experience. Like I just want to be looked after for a while if that makes sense and and you know it's funny when i say oh i never do stuff like that for myself because well 10 years ago i was in aesthetic school like graduated aesthetic school and did and received facials and such all the time so it's funny how life can change after that i am going to hit up a restaurant here in fredericton and do some bowling with a few friends nothing too crazy So I want to introduce a new segment. I know there's not really that many segments in this episode, but I kind of want to get to the meat and potatoes of it pretty shortly here. But the new segment is going to be hot takes. Hot takes. This might be unpopular opinion. It might not be. But I am quickly losing my bandwidth for texting. You know what? Call me me old-fashioned. I don't even like that. Don't call me old-fashioned. I'm just myself. (laughs) Texting is fine being on your cell phone I, I have like a zillion mobile devices like i'm completely fine with technology i love technology my job and my way of life is centered around technology but i feel like texting is tiring it's fine for quick chats or firming up plans but otherwise i much prefer being on the phone if i want to have a little catch up with somebody for example my friend courtney who i used to work with Also, I love you, Courtney. You're so sweet. She called me yesterday out of the blue and it was such a pleasure. Honestly, it was such a pleasure to chat with her. And we were discussing how we both were too burnt out to text. Like we were just too tired to do it. And it's not as if we didn't want to talk to each other. It was just, it it was just too much. Like it was mentally too much. If that makes any sense. I mean, I do think that it's important to stay in contact with your friends, but every friend, as we know, is going to be different. You might text one friend just fine, but prefer to call another. It's just kind of 
the vibe, you know. We had a lovely chat, Courtney and I, for about an hour. And it just reaffirmed my belief that calling is better than texting, especially when it comes to catching up with people. And when it comes to finding ways to communicate for friendships that you care about. I honestly felt really refreshed for my afternoon. And I also was working in bed. I do, I will say about working in bed, it can be like kind of bad for your mental health if you do it too much. Like a couple hours is fine. But last week when I was doing it like eight, 10, 12 hours, maybe it wasn't so nice. Because you don't have that sort of separation, obviously, between your bed and your work life. <laughs> but... It's great when you're not feeling the freshest after a couple of spicy beverages, if you catch my drift. And, you know, the same goes for my mom. We we talk a lot on the phone, so much more now, because I feel like we can just cover a lot more ground. And when I say ground, I often mean gossip. My mom and I, we get together, gossip. And I don't even care if that sounds bad, because my favorite person to gossip with is my mom. It's just great. Love you, mom. So let's get in to today's meat and potatoes. With a side of gravy, I want to discuss relationships, situationships, friends with benefits, literally everything on the romance and sex spectrum. I myself have had plenty of friends, lovers, suitors and everything in between over the years. I'm 31. I was born in the afternoon, but I wasn't born yesterday afternoon. So what can I say? I am a fire sign twice over, Sagittarius sun and Leo moon. And I I don't know. I just love the feeling of the chase of having a crush. I think I've always been like that. And I've been working to sort of accept it and celebrate that part of myself rather than condemn myself for it. As long as I wasn't hurting anybody, who cares? Enjoy your life. I will put in a little disclaimer that every single significant male relationship that I've ever had, with the exception of one or two, all have been water signs. So take from that what you will. But, you know, not every guy that I've been with has been, like, (laughs) scum. (laughs) My first boyfriend, who I actually dated twice, once when I was 17, which is a little bit young, as some people tried to tell me, but I digress. Once when I was 17, and then once again when I was about 19 or 20. He was objectively a very sweet guy and he treated me like a queen like he treated me very well we never fought we always had fun together he was honestly just like a ray of sunshine i wish him well i hear that he is engaged i think he is teaching in asia i don't know that he still is with covid and everything but he is the one person that I know who is actually doing what he set to do since he was young. I mean, when we started dating, he was 22 and he was quite firm in that he was going to go to Asia and teach English and, you know, he did it and I'm proud of him and I still have the occasional fond thought for him. So 
I hope you're doing really well if you're listening, which you probably aren't, but if you are, you know who you are, and yeah, it's amazing. You know, my ex-husband wasn't a bad guy either. We just weren't compatible and should not have gotten married. It was as simple as that. We did fight a lot, but I don't really think it's his fault per se. I had a lot of growing up to do and so did he. We just, looking back, we just didn't get along. Like we didn't like each other very much, which is unfortunate because he's, again, not a bad guy. I hear he's doing well and had a new partner or has a new partner. I'm not sure. I don't really have him on social media anymore. So a couple of the dudes that I dated before John were great as well, especially the one right before I got together with John. I still have him on social media and I hope he's doing great. The sort of short-lived situationships that I had before I met John in that sort of like six months after I got divorced and into when I started dating John, they all ended because of timing and it not being quite the right fit for either of us. I will say though, I did have a little thing with an ex-boyfriend from, well, at the time I was about 26, I want to say. And It was an ex-boyfriend that I had dated for about nine months when I was 23, something like that. Uh, That was not such a great situation, but again, hope you're well. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, the bottom line is it wasn't the right timing. However that manifested, it wasn't the right timing. In these relationships, I had plenty of men that I focused on too much. They sucked the life out of me. It's these guys that I dated during my pretty formative years, you know, 22, 23, you know, 20, 23, 25. Like these are big years, especially for women. I feel like these are the years that we are learning a lot about ourselves. I gave way too much attention to them. And honestly, like, the men in question weren't even worth it. Like, no shade, but that's the truth. If you're listening and you feel like you fall in one of these categories, I hope you've worked on yourself. (laughs) I think we're boiled frogs in these scenarios. We can't see the forest for the trees. With situationships especially, I think we become so fixated on upholding a certain status quo to avoid hurt feelings and we lose ourselves we lose our boundaries and we focus a lot on the other person to dictate the terms we don't realize that if it's not working for us we can end it things will be okay better than okay and what i mean by status quo is like we find these ways to unconsciously engineer how conversations go so that we will get the same responses that we are used to, that we feel comfortable in, that reassure us that all is normal in that part of our world. We don't realize that not only is this objectively a form of manipulation, 
but it's not an authentic experience. We're curating this like relationship as we see it in our minds and not seeing it for what it really is, which is nine times out of 10, if you're doing that, it's something bad for us. You know, and and I hear a lot about the phrase, especially when it comes to situationships and sort of a will he or won't he want to date me. We all hear the phrase, if he wanted to, he would. And I both like and dislike this attitude. Like, yes, (laughs) if he wanted to, he indeed would. But be careful because... This is our ego talking, our selfish selves that don't consider the other party's intentions, goals, and desires for relationships or otherwise. We don't know what motivates other people to do or not do something. And if we become deeply invested in a relationship or situation with another person, we will often project our ego onto the situation to not only protect our feelings, but to also continue with this like solipsistic view of the relationship. You know what I mean? It's all about what you get out of it in these negative scenarios. And that's not always fair to yourself or the other person. You know, remember to, of course, consider the other person. And I don't even mean in a compassionate way, like to be honest with you. I mean, consider that they may not be as into you as you are into them or vice versa, but you're usually not agonizing over it in this way if it's vice versa. Consider that yes, if they wanted to, they would, but they may have their reasons for not doing something which may or may not have nothing to do with you probably is their own personal hangups about romance and sex that they have to deal with. Maybe they don't really care about you. Maybe they do, but they can't express it well. But why deal with that? You don't have to. Why deal with that? You know what? Here's the thing. Yes, if they wanted to, they would. But you don't have to deal with that uncertainty, right? They would show you if they wanted to be with you, if they were emotionally healthy. But if they're not emotionally healthy and they have a lot of baggage that they need to deal with, that's where the blurred line is. That's where it's like, maybe they don't want to do this thing because of XYZ reason or XYZ relationship that ended poorly in the past, but you don't have to deal with that. You don't have to choose to deal with that. So it's like, yeah, it's not all about the selfish ego. It's not as black and white as if they wanted to, they would but you don't have to deal with those gray areas if you don't want to. And that sort of leads me to my next point. View yourself in a way that isn't just pandering to your ego and for that serotonin rush of a new relationship, you know. You know what I mean. The fresh text, the liking of your photos, the constant conversation. And I ask you, have you ever had a conversation with a new potential partner, and you're up all night, you're texting each other, you lose sleep, you're tired for work in the morning, but you don't care because you're just thinking about the high of that conversation that you had the night before. That goes away. And often, 
it is harmful to have conversations like that. And, you know, maybe that's an unpopular opinion because I do think that it's important to connect with people, but especially, of course, people that you want to date. But if you're having these conversations, you must know that it's going to not always be like that. And depending on your attachment style, that can make or break it. Once that sort of conversation frequency tapers off to objectively normal standards, it can leave those of us who project a lot of our ego onto these relationships feeling confused. And oftentimes it causes us to lash out. You gotta place boundaries. Consider if you should really be in a situation that is dragging you down and consuming your mental health like that. There are people out there that are willing to do more than just the bare minimum and will continue past those excessive conversations at the beginning. They will continue to do more than the bare minimum just to keep you around. Do you know what I mean? I know you do. It's very common for men. Sorry, like if you're a man and you're listening and you want to fight me, like, please, let's go fight. (laughs) A lot of men will do just barely the bare minimum to keep women around. It's often a bit of a jarring experience when the woman gets to the next relationship. Ladies, don't be deceived. When we leave a bad relationship and a man, or woman really, but primarily men, does beyond the bare minimum to please us, we often become blind. Like, wow, look at this thing that he did for me. When really... This is just the bar that you've set so low for yourself that if someone does something nice for you, we immediately think that they're going absolutely above and beyond and tend to ignore these possible yellow or red flags that might come up. Be thankful for someone who does nice things, but also be aware that everyone is human and everybody makes mistakes. I have high standards now, and I think this is the result of so many years of taking so much shit. Sorry, mom. From people who honestly did not even deserve to breathe the same air as me. Maybe that's cocky, but I think it's better to have too much confidence and to know your worth so that when your future partner does come along, you're ready to have that healthy relationship driven by love, togetherness, and compassion rather than something driven by satisfying the insecure parts of yourself with these quick fixes of serotonin. So I feel like this was more of a sermon than a podcast episode, so apologies for that. But I think I'll leave it there for now. Honestly, writing out the script for this was super therapeutic. And thank you for joining me. Thank you for your patience. I'll see you next time on Tea on the Rocks. (laughs) 